We're speaking to Sandira Chetty, Farmers Weekly's digital editor. Sandira, good morning. What do you have for us in the latest edition of Farmers Weekly if we look at the news section? Hello, LCB and to the listeners. Let's take a look at the top agri-news headlines in the 3rd November issue of Farmers Weekly. The first article discusses the imminent game shortage that is causing prices to skyrocket. Game farmers have faced multiple challenges over the past few years, as the intensified focus on breeding animals with color variations led to a price crash, and COVID-19 curtailed income from hunting and tourism activities. Recently, Wildlife Ranching South Africa held its annual charity auction and gala function, where prices for game fetched robust levels, with Hems box selling for as much as 30,000 rand. The African wildlife auction held earlier this year in Balwater also showed an upward trajectory of prices, where Blessbok and Impala ram sold for 4,000 rand, with bigger males fetching 5,000 rand. Richard Jock, CEO of WRSA, said prices were likely to remain at these levels since all indications were there that there would be a shortage of game in the market over the next two years, owing to a confluence of several factors. So around 2017, there was a lot of talk of there being an oversupply of game. Many farmers switched to livestock farming, sending a lot of game into the market, and prices subsequently dropping. Then during COVID-19 lockdowns, when income was strained, many farmers stopped production and let their animals roam freely in the felt, where they had to compete for resources and numbers reduced. Since game operates in five-year cycles, York said we are now seeing the effect of farmers not actively breeding new animals during that time, and supply is far lower. The next article focuses on the new preservation and development of agricultural land bill. The Portfolio Committee on Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development concluded public hearings in Parliament in October into the preservation and development of agricultural land bill. The bill aims to provide a regulatory framework for sustainable agricultural development and promotes a balanced approach to the use of agricultural land in South Africa. In a presentation to the Portfolio Committee in February, the Department of Agriculture acknowledged that the current frameworks governing the development of agricultural land were ineffective in protecting agricultural land for the purposes of food production and did not conform to the constitutional requirements, hence the new bill. The bill will promote the demarcation of high-value agricultural land and the establishment of a national agro-eco-information system that will guide investment on agricultural land. Several organizations presented feedback in Parliament on the bill. Annalise Crosby, head of illegal intelligence at Agbus, said there was a dire need to protect productive agricultural land, especially high-potential land suitable for cropping. South Africa is losing valuable agricultural land to other land users, such as residential and mining use, at an alarming rate. Although Agbus supports the building principle, Crosby advocated for a legal regime whereby natural agricultural resources enjoy the same legal status and protection in the public interest as, for example, the extraction of precious metals or industrial development. And lastly, a report published by the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations titled The Impact of Disasters on Agriculture and Food Security states that natural disasters are set to worsen. So South Africa has seen firsthand the effects of natural disasters on food production and farmer livelihoods. 
This year alone, floods, Gelfos winds and wildfires have wreaked havoc on farms. The Western Cape Department of Agriculture estimated that the impact of damage to producers as well as infrastructure from the floods in September could be between 400 million and 500 million rand. Infrastructure damage was reported on power grids, orchards, net structures, buildings, machinery, irrigation systems, equipment, irrigation canals, as well as roads and bridges that were washed away. The wind and rain experienced the week after the floods caused further damage. A further concern is the impact that such disasters have on the industry in the future. Anton Rabi, executive director of HotGrow, said flooding led to topsoil losses that would take years to build back. Global disaster events have increased from 100 per year in the 1970s to around 400 per year worldwide in the past 20 years. What can readers expect in the feature section? We've introduced a new segment in the magazine that focuses on the care of your farm dog. In this segment, Jared Hodgson, a dog trainer, explains topics such as pack structure, dominance, and how to properly treat your dogs. According to Hodgson, dogs have a high emotional intelligence. After being associated with humans for thousands of years, it wouldn't be far-fetched to think that dogs also may have learned behaviors which imitate emotions, which us humans interpret as emotion, but as simply learned behaviors. For example, a dog coming to cuddle and show affection may not necessarily be feeling affection, but has simply learned that cuddling up to its owner will get its ear scratched. According to a sociological study in the early 1990s, dog owners come to regard their pooches as unique individuals and consciously behaved to achieve certain goals in the human-dog relationship. Now, this is hard to argue with and is most likely still the general opinion of dog owners. Does this give the dog dominance over its owner? Where people work towards pleasing their dogs, it may appear the human is controlling the dog. But who is actually in control in terms of the pack structure and dominance theory with dogs? So how should a dog be treated in the home? And what is the pack structure? The, the human-dog relationship is complex and not easily conveyed and even demonstrated. There will always be new and unique interactions that may or may not be dealt with correctly. For the large part, though, Hodgson says that humans should interact with dogs much the same as dogs interact with each other. Thus, humans should make a concerted effort to understand canine body language and communication. And in the livestock section... In the livestock section this week, a study sheds light on the global risk of heat stress to cattle. More than a billion cows across the globe could be exposed to heat stress by 2100. New research on this topic was recently published in the journal Environmental Research Letters. In this paper, Dr. Michelle North and her co-authors explore the linkages between cattle farming, unchecked climate change and land use practices, and heat stress. The team studied how heat stress affects cattle, predicted how land use and emissions may increase heat risk, and recommended adapting farming practices in certain areas. The researchers analyzed today's heat and humidity conditions across the world. They estimated how these conditions will affect cattle in future decades, depending on different levels of emissions and forms of land use. They project that cattle will potentially face lethal heat stress in regions such as tropical South America, Central America, Equatorial Africa, and South and Southeast Asia by the end of the century. Their findings underscore heat stress as a present and future challenge for livestock farmers. Already for at least 30 days a year, nearly 
three in every four cows globally are exposed to conditions likely to induce heat stress. The severity of heat stress will also intensify due to rising emissions fueling climate change. North emphasizes that farmers need to adapt their systems and practices to changing planetary conditions. She says that farmers can take simple steps to reduce heat stress in their cattle and reduce emissions in the process. In this issue, we have also included a directory of producer and commodity organizations in South Africa. We have noted that by joining these industry and producer organizations, farmers are offered a multitude of advantages such as increased bargaining strength, access to valuable resources and markets, advocacy, effective risk management, knowledge exchange and networking opportunities. These organizations are pivotal in their support of and contribution to the advancement of the agricultural sector. So for those who want to know more about these organizations, be sure to get yourself a copy of the 3rd November issue of Farmers Weekly. And that was Sindira Chetty, the digital editor for Farmers Weekly.